Tonight, hundreds line up to receive their copies of the newest Flight Sim Hollow game. Our Rodian on the street finds out what all the excitement's about. And are the galaxy's kids spending too much time on the Hollow Net? Scientists think that they have the answer. All that and more at 11. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am Ian, and I'm watching out for those wrist rockets. Joining me today is the man who actually stole the Death Star plans, John, and currently cataloging all of the optimal upgrades for his pod racer, Roommate Mike is joining us today. Hey, it's me! Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Peachy. I'm good. All right, we've got peachy and good, and that's pretty good in my book and my opinion. So, John, you and I specifically have been talking about video games off and on throughout the podcast. Mike, you are no stranger to video games, as you are a... I have played a video game or two in my time. Yes, you have, and you are also kind of a key player in our gaming group. The three of us play video games a lot together there are a couple in our repertoire none of them star wars related except for that one time so i thought we could go over our favorite kind of star wars video games that we played now the both of you are more kind of experienced in gaming i think i didn't really even start playing video games outside of my nintendo 64 until high school i I also have a few years on you too so yeah just a couple so that helps as well so, starting with you, Mike, what was what? what's one video game that pops into your mind when you're talking about Star Wars gaming? When I think Star Wars video games, I always go back to Episode One Racer for oh, the N64. So, so good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to play. Back when I first came on this podcast, I told you guys that the first one that I watched was Episode One. So, I was coming off watching that. I thought the pod racing was the coolest and best part of the movie because I was a kid. And so, I jumped right in and told my parents to get Racer, and they did. And I played a ton of it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I played every little bit of that game that I could. It was a lot of fun. Like it wasn't just like fun for a generic racer, but there were elements in that game that I thought were just really good that I wasn't expecting. Like being able to piece together your pod racer. That's not something that you saw in racing games before then. Especially and, for the time period. Yeah, you just got a generic car or a generic ship or whatever you were racing and then you went out there and did it. With Pod Racer I thought the best part of that game was you can go to Watto's junk shop and buy this really amazing part that's broken down, and then you buy a bunch of droids to fix it up. And it's just this process of developing your racer as opposed to just picking the coolest guy that goes into the racer and then just going from there. So, yeah, racer was a ton of fun. And, you know, getting the the sound effects, the visuals that you would expect out of coming off of episode one, um, it it was a lot of fun. I really liked that game. Very nice. That was one of two Star Wars games I owned for the for the N64. So I mm-hmm. don't remember most of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that I was at that point where in my life where I was just, uh, pick the, that one because it looks good and then drive that. So I didn't realize there was that much nuance I was, to the game. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah, I was very much a min-maxer even in my early days of, <laughs> of playing video games. And so like looking at all the stats of all the things you can buy and figuring out what's going to be the best for the amount of money that you could spend was something I was so into when I, it came out. The only problem that I had with it Unfortunately, was that like there was a game that came out the year before called F Zero X oh, that yeah. was 
visually and in terms of sound infinitely better of a video <laughs> game than racer was but racer had that desire to you know i wanted to be a pod racer and like i said the crafting was was not something that was in f0x but if you look at those two games side by side like the visuals of what the courses looked like mm-hmm. it was no comparison like night and day difference so unfortunately <laughs> it wouldn't hold up if i went back to it but just getting that initial look into what pod a pod racing game was super fun very nice john one, did one you thing ever play? I, I liked about that game was that like most of the karting games that we've all played, which I, I can't stand racing games, mm-hmm. with the exception of the two games that Mike just mentioned, F-Zero and <laughs> something about F-Zero, they like the cartoonish characters that I always enjoyed. One of the things I liked about Racer was that uh, in the different cups you could play, you'd play, they'd have the same maps like in other racers, but the maps would be either different paths or uh, depending on how, uh, what cup you're doing, they'd be longer or shorter. Like the beginner's cup, the boon to Eve race on Tatooine would be, you know, one to two minutes a lap. And then when you got to the last tier, it was a five minutes or so a lap or something. I don't know. It's a long time since I played it. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that was cool that not only did we get to see something familiar that we saw in the movie, but then we'd actually get to race in an elongated version of that that sequence so that we can li- live in that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then plus all the other planets you went to it's kind of cool to see how they would translate one scene in a movie to multiple destinations throughout the star wars galaxy let's stick with n64 because i think that's a system that we had in common Mm. so let's stick with that uh for now the second game i owned for n64 that was star wars related was uh the rogue squadron game was Mm -hmm. that x-wing road squadron was that the one for the n64 that was another one that i had and i remember i never again like i I, this was my first console so i i didn't know how to video game at the time so i don't i don't remember ever getting past like the first two levels but i had a heck of a lot of fun with it just lots of crashing into things and not understanding how depth perception works in in a game john i know you played that one i have one huge issue with that game and I don't remember if it was first instituted in Rogue Squadron or in Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. But every Star Wars game that has come out since then has seemed to have a level on Hoth where you have to trip out at. And it's <laughs> the most annoying thing. Especially on a Nintendo 64's one joystick. And the camera was horrible in that game once you got locked into the fly around the legs of an ad at for four times. But I remember it was exactly the same mechanic in Shadows of the Empire. And those levels, I just, I hated so much. <laughs> like, well, uh, Other why, than that. Why are we using snow speeders when I have access to a Y-Wing and I'll just bomb it? <laughs> Other than so that, dumb. did you enjoy the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any level that didn't involve using an airspeeder, I loved. Just because uh, the uh, the amount of freedom and movement you had. Mm-hmm. They had a Naboo Starfighter built into the game that... With a couple of code unlocks, you could see what a Naboo Starfighter looked like, I think like a year before The Phantom Menace came out, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Uh, I didn't play that one very much, but like I said, I enjoyed it. Did you ever play uh, Rogue Squadron there, Mike? I rented it, probably just returned it in a couple days after that. Don't really have it's, any... It's probably because you didn't have a expansion pack in your N64. No, of course I did, because I got oh, Donkey, you Kong had Donkey Kong 64, yeah, and okay. you had to have it. Mm-hmm. Well... I I specifically bought an expansion pack for my 64 because you and like of Rogue two Squadron. Two other people 
bought just the expansion right. pack and not with Donkey Kong. Right. <laughs> I, I bought the expansion pack and I then I rented Rogue Squadron. Like I didn't even own a game that needed it. And then and then one day my mom got me uh, Donkey Kong 64 for Christmas from a little website called Amazon. It sold books. I was really confused when I saw that package show up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played a lot of the X-Wing and Rebel Assault games on on PC from the old LucasArts games. Mm-hmm. All those games, uh, they kind of felt like rail shooters, especially Rebel Assault. But again, the, the freedom of movement that you had, even with the limitations of the 64 system, was was really kind of cool to just go and explore familiar locations and planets flying around Tatooine you fly over Mos Eisley and you can drop bombs on the Starlight Pit if you want for no reason or just shoot at Jabba's Palace until it explodes the one thing I remember about that game very vividly is how uh, as a kid I was confused as to why everywhere I went was foggy because I didn't understand the limitations of the system yeah yeah like, I was just like, wow, all these planets are... I thought it was like a, a choice, you know, like a weather choice in the game. It's like, oh, well, I guess it's a it lot of it... moisture on Tatooine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, look at all this fog. It's weird. Everything is gray. <laughs> Everything. I love gray planet. So, on the N64, any other uh, Star Wars games did you play there on there? Mike? My, no. My, wor- <laughs> my words got away from me there. No, Racer was, yeah, basically, basically it. I think... I think Racer came out really late in the N64 life cycle as well, if mm-hmm. I can remember. So We could have done um, research, but... Yeah, I know it came out in 99. That's not like us. And I remember getting an Xbox in 2001, so, and that was two generations after. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was a little late in the life cycle. And so, yeah, after that, there were, I don't know if there was any other games after that. Did you play Shadows of the Empire, John? Uh, I was not a big fan of it. I know that a lot of people think that that's one of the epitome of Star Wars-related games. But I had a hard time with the control mechanics. I heard it was very tanky. I never Yeah, it was it very tank-controlly. I got to a level where you fight IG-88 on a train, and I just couldn't beat it, and I just kind of gave up. Yeah, I uh, I never played that one. I know it's like on a lot of people's lists. And, I think uh... it's on the cabinet behind you. Oh, awesome. Never played it. I have an N64 at my house. Like It's one of those games where the characters transcended the game. I've never played the game, but I know who Dash Rendar is, so it's kind of an interesting... Well, it's part of that, the marketing push for Shadows of the Empire, because it was a novel and a comic and right. a video game, and they're trying to, how you say, keep the franchise alive. <laughs> how you say, <laughs> continue to exist. Uh, all right, well, let's step away from the N64 system. Now, you guys, again, you got a couple years on. Let's let's cast your minds back to the early days of PC gaming. What Star Wars games come to your mind when you think about early PC games? Um, the old LucasArts games, like I mentioned, Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2, uh, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, and of course, the the greatest game of all time, Dark Forces. Now, John, why is Dark Forces your greatest game of all time? I am 90% sure that that was my first introduction to anything Star Wars related, if it wasn't Star Tours, because it might have been Star Tours, I don't remember. But I have uh, a lot of great memories of going to my next-door neighbor's house, his, his Mac, and just sitting there playing Dark Forces and Rebel Assault all day. Now, Dark Forces is the... First in a long series that of games that came after it that went well into the future. You know, we got characters like Kyle Katarn out of it, 
and Jason Core in the last Jedi Academy game, which I also really enjoyed. Uh, what do you think was kind of the factor for that being such a popular game? Uh, it's it's kind of Doom style, right? It's it's very much Doom style, kind of like a the auto aim sort of thing that Doom has, so you just kind of point and shoot. It had a lot of a lot of really, I won't say difficult, but uh, maybe difficult is the word. Puzzles, lots of mazes, challenging sort of thing. puzzles, yeah. and as far as as far as gaming that I'd done, I, I'd never played anything like that mm-hmm. that was challenging and also a franchise that I liked, but I really didn't have much experience in gaming before that, so. Gotcha. Except for Secret of Monkey Island, which isn't Star Wars and was... Is Lucasfilm, though. That's true. LucasArts. Mm-hmm. LucasArts, Lucas yes. yes. Jedi Academy, uh, it's the last game in the series that Dark Forces started. Everyone um, forgets that, and I shame them. Yeah, I didn't know, but in my defense, the first one of these game series that I played was Jedi Academy, and you're not even playing Kyle Katarn. You're playing Jaden Kaur, who is cool, uh, but... So cool that I didn't even remember what his name was, because it wasn't Kyle Katarn. But, uh, yeah, Jedi Academy was a game that I played. Uh, I really enjoyed it, mostly because you can set it to realistic quote-unquote realistic lightsaber fighting <laughs> so uh if your blade that is the dumbest some... mode <laughs> it's so dumb <laughs> your blade just needs to like touch somebody in their arms just like fall off <laughs> it's great it makes uh lightsaber wielding opponents insanely difficult because their lightsabers will also kill you in one touch right but you can't just run through the game just running into people and they just fall over without limbs it's it's super fun. It's a great fun. If you like a game where you can just mindlessly lightsaber combat, and the story is decent too, that's a good one. Uh, Jedi Outcast. Well, one of my favorite things to do in the Academy series, in Jedi Knight series, was uh, do the most Jedi Order thing and force choke people into the air and then drop them off ledges, or force choke them into the air and then lightsaber them in half. Like a Jedi would. You see, you see what I have to deal with, Mike? Yeah, you, yeah. Lucky you. you. <laughs> don't, don't pretend that you did not do the same thing. I I like to force push people off of cliffs. Yeah, uh, I don't choke them beforehand. That's yeah. What makes you me good. don't kill them. The fall kills. <laughs> the them. fall kills them. They shouldn't have been standing there or been yeah. evil. You were trying to help them by pushing them to the railings, right? But Star Into Wars the have railings, so <laughs> oh, well. classic mistake. Okay, uh, now John, you did mention one game. In your explanation of Dark Forces, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that game, and I also had... Did you have the joystick with it, too? Like, the flight control stick? No. no? I, I wasn't... I never really got into the game okay. as much. I remember playing that game with with the flight stick, not understanding how to use the flight stick. Right. And just basically, now that I think back on and I understand how physics work, I was probably just... Spinning around in a circle, until... looking for targets. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what I did. Yeah, and uh, uh, and and setting shields to double front. Sure, because that was the thing you could do. But when you eventually found a ship, it was really awesome and exciting. But I don't remember ever finding them. So. I recently got it on Steam. Well, maybe like two years ago, I got it on Steam. And every now and then, I'll 
all loaded up and just be like, what, what, what am I doing? Yeah. What, Why am what, I here? What is this? I, I'm sure that's like one of those, it, it had like a couple games in the series. So. Well, it started with the X-Wing games and then the TIE Fighter games and then they rolled it into the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games. Sure. So it must have been popular enough to like hold water. Um, don't, don't put water in your computer, Ian, unless it's water cooled. Uh, and then it's got to be contained. Mike, can you confirm this? No. Okay. Well, I've then... never tried to put water in there, so maybe it'll work if I try, but all right. I'm not going the to. The key is to have it all submerged at the same time. Oh, okay. Got it. That's tricky. All right, so now I'm going to go throw my computer in a lake. Got it. Got to test this for science. Mike, you mentioned you your next system was an Xbox. Yes. Now, uh, I can think of one prominent Star Wars game for the Xbox. There was a Star Wars game that I played for the Xbox because I got it for free because it came with my Xbox. <laughs> and which one was that? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. It's probably <laughs> oh. over there in uh, our pile that. of Xbox games. But it, was, it wasn't it was even just a Star Wars game. It was also another game on the same disc. Oh my. Yes. John's actively looking for the disc right now. We might be able I to I can't up. tell you the name of the game. I can tell you I played it for less than an hour. <laughs> I don't know you had Fable over here. Yeah, Fable's a great game that I've played oh, for more is. than an hour. What is it, John? Promotional offer, not for a resale. Of course. Star Wars The Clone Wars. Flip it over. Tetris Worlds. I definitely played Tetris I, oh, Worlds more than I, I did the I Star definitely Wars played game. Tetris Worlds more. Do you too. remember anything about that Clone Wars game? Because I've never heard of it. I yeah. remember being in a vehicle at some point. Okay, good. That was... I remember I enjoyed it, but I wanted to play Halo, which is why yeah. I got a, an right. Xbox. Right. And so I didn't really, quote-unquote, waste my time with the Star Wars game that came with this. That wasn't the one that I was thinking of, actually. Okay. Uh, did you ever play Republic Commando? No, I don't remember that one. Republic Commando is one of those games where I played it, and I remember really enjoying it. And then I went back to it when it was on Steam, and it is... Hard to look at? It's hard to look at. It's very dark and very brown and very Xbox One. Yep. <laughs> and I just, I, uh, you know, it, what, what, and it sucks because I remember, like, it actually having a decent gameplay and compelling story. You know, you're an elite group of clone commandos, and each one has its own, like, unique sort of, like, personality and... They've all got, you know, really cool looking armor and you're the leader and you go in and you're like killing Geonosians and taking part of these super cool battles. Like it was popular enough that those clones even made a brief appearance in the Clone Wars like TV show. So that's, that's cool. That's super cool. But it just it looks like a dog turd now. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, John, did you have this experience? I never played it until last year when I got it in a Steam bundle. Did you play all the way through it? No, I played the first twenty minutes of it and thought this game looks like gar- visually garbage, <laughs> and like I had to, I had to turn it off. <laughs> it's really bad. And what what's what's terrible is like the very first scene that you're in. You're in like a bright white room on Camino, so like everything's bright and shiny, and you can see all the clone armor detail and. You know, it looks like it looks really good. And then you get to the first mission, and then it's like, would you like light tan brown or dark brown? Because those are the colors you're going to be looking at for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And 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 puke green. That's so good. congratulations. Yeah. 
I do remember the Geonosians being terrifying, though, because there's a part where you're hunting around, you don't really know what's going on, and you open a door, and then there's a thing in your face. And that was probably one of my first experiences with a jump scare. So, uh, now, there was another game that came out for the Xbox and PC at this time, and it's probably my favorite Star Wars game ever, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Now, the only reason I, I got it for PC, and I, I still have the original disc that came in on six discs. Oh, yeah. That's how big this thing was. Six discs, and it was great because each one of the discs had, like, a different character and was different colored. So you'd flip through the disc. I'm going to get to see this person. I'm going to get to see this droid. Oh, this looks cool. Like, And it was my first experience with role-playing games. Cool. Like, that was my first RPG. And I did not know how to play RPGs. Mm-mm. I, I did I did strength that max out strength that was the the whole <laughs> thing that I did in that game because I was like it said strength ups my damage how come I'm not winning so it was a grind to get through that game the first time mm-hmm. but I kept coming back to it like that's how compelling the story was was that even as you know a teenager who didn't understand the mechanics of the game I was playing I was still compelled to push through it because I love that game so much the characters are amazing. The, you know, uh, Revan is my, like, it, he's my guilty pleasure uh, Star Wars character. He's ridiculous, and that's his first appearance in that game. But that was also a really cool thing. Like, you got to pick your character, like, how he looked, how he or she, what their fighting style was like. Like, all this stuff. Like, the choices made that game. And I love it so very much. And I know it's on Xbox, too, because one of my friends from middle school and through high school, he really wanted to play it, but he had the same problem I, I did. Like, he couldn't get past a certain point right. because we didn't understand how those games worked. <laughs> right. So he was like, can you help me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then we both couldn't figure it out. I, I still don't know if he ever, like, completed that game. Hmm. I had the same issues like you did where I didn't really understand how RPGs worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was... A very heavily based on an RPG system kind of I, game. I think it was a straight rip of the D&D Saga? system. Oh, was it? Oh, well, yeah. that makes sense. I thoroughly enjoyed it, nonetheless. I love that you could... How much customization with, with the characters you could have. I generally would swap everyone's lightsaber color sticks or crystals for... just. I think I think they were all red the first time I played. They're of all, course they they're were. All, they're all just Darksiders and then Karth blasting people. No. Karth was in two. No, Karth, Karth, Karth was the dual the wielding. Guy, right? No, Karth was the dual wielding uh, Republic officer. Candorus is the heavy cannon uh, Mando guy. Okay, yeah, I like shooting things. I'm getting Kotor one and two confused, and I'm not going to be able to continue to speaking about it without both confusing those characters in Kotor one. See, mm-hmm. nailed it. Which one has the cat lady? Kotor one. Okay. See, now I don't remember what happened in Kotor 2. Yeah. Sounds about right. Not a remember, lot of people remember I do what remember in Kotor not 2. being able to do uh not being able to beat the uh the last planet because my characters were so under optimized because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And those primitive alien fish head people with their sticks and punching were able to kill my heavily armored <laughs> Jedi's. I didn't understand why. 
It's very upsetting. <laughs> and then the second time playing through understanding how RPGs work, it's like, oh, look, I'm slaughtering the primitives. This is... <laughs> Feel this good is, about yourself. This is what the Jedi Order wants. Oh, you... You... Times, Mike, are, times are different. Mike, uh, did you ever play... I played a little bit of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have experience in RPGs, but the problem was they were more JRPG where you build a team around certain things instead of building a character. So it was a little tougher for me. I, I remember getting to a point kind of like where you were that you just couldn't figure out how to do it. And instead of powering through it because I'm a Star Wars fan, I decided to just not play it anymore. Fair and then it was, yeah, it was over. Um, at one point, I remember I watched a Let's Play of KOTOR 2, and that's how I got kind of the storyline behind that instead mm-hmm. of actually playing it and being frustrated myself. I'd rather just watch somebody else who knew what they were doing play through it so I can get the story that way. And, you know, that's valid. Like, I, I know I, there are several games, like, we were just watching uh, uh, games, done games Done Quick, and they were streaming Cuphead. And I am never going to play Cuphead, nope. but it's such a beautiful game that I really enjoy watching people play. I love it. that that game exists, but I don't ever want to play it yeah. and try to be good at it because it will just upset me. It's just not my wheelhouse either. Like, I get it. Now, KOTOR 2 is an interesting thing. So, Knights of the Old Republic 1, it was Bioware game, and Bioware is a studio that I hold very near and dear to my heart, and it, it makes me sad that they were put on a EA massive multiplayer game and not on better things. But uh, they, they have some of my favorite games of all time are mostly Bioware. But KOTOR 2 was shipped out to a game company, Obsidian, which they also do really good games. But Obsidian gets the short end of the stick in a lot of development, I think, because of time constraints. Because the games that they put out are awesome. But they're always, like, kind of broken and buggy and don't always have all the content. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of what happened to KOTOR 2. Like, there was... I remember playing through it the first time and not 100% understanding the story. And, like, it was kind of convoluted and hard to follow. And I played it through again when I was older and I liked it better that time. Because I think I got more of it. And then I recently got the the mod for the restored content where there was stuff on disc that just never got into the game and somebody like found it and modded it. So I still have to do that playthrough and playing through that, but it's same, you know, same deal with Knights of the Old Republic one. Like it's a great RPG mechanically and it's a great game story wise too. That was one of the great things about getting KOTOR two on steam is they made it accessible to the steam workshop so Mm -hmm. that you could easily get those, restored content mods and and patch them, fixes and yeah patch yeah. them in without having to deal with a uh, manual install which is always so much fun to do with mods speaking of rpgs and kotor especially uh star wars the old republic now i got really deep on that game it claimed years of my life for positive reasons welcome mostly. to the mmo life yeah yeah i didn't really know what i was getting into uh, <laughs> you sucker <laughs> yeah it uh it got me i was scared of mmos honestly i i didn't think i had the commitment to play an mmo but they're like it's a star wars mmo and then they really touted that 
it's story driven and you can you can single player your way through this Mm -hmm. and that's why i started playing and then i was like oh you know what there are these guilds what's a guild like this seems interesting oh there are role-playing guilds i role play i do pen and paper in real life let i'll join one of these role-playing guilds and then i joined one and then Two years later, I was an officer in that role-playing guild and running an entire branch, and then I left because I realized exactly how much of my life it was taking, and I was suffering in other areas. And then I went back! You you didn't get enough? (laughs) I went back! And then they gave me my old job back, which I specifically was like, I don't want this. Surprise. And then I Nobody went else does in, either. And they're like, nobody else wants it. And I was like, I guess I'll take over. And then I that then I left again. And you know, but like the thing I have to say about that game is that yeah, you can single player it and you can enjoy the story, but I had some really great times and met some really awesome people whom I'm still friends with in other games and you know, we talk on Discord, and it's just, it was it was a really fun experience, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I still do. Like, I have to, I'm planning on doing some footage for this episode, like, game capture stuff, so I'm gonna go back in, and, and who knows, maybe you won't see me ever again. Because hey, <laughs> he's back! <laughs> I wonder if they actually removed me from the guild. Like, I told them to when I left. I'm like, I'm not coming back, guys. Like, you no, can, they still got their fingers crossed. You can take me off the list. He's, he's coming back. <laughs> he's um, <laughs> He's got to get his fix at some point. Uh, uh, Parson Rec. Adam Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back at his old job. Yeah. <laughs> back at the... the what was it, the accounting firm? The accounting firm. <laughs> no, I'm just going to pop in for a second and leave the cones of Dunshire and then leave. Mm, right. <laughs> Essence of the game. But, uh... So we all, we three had an experience with uh, that game, though. I think you we were... sure had an experience. Yeah, uh, Mike, you were having, uh, you were taking a break from WoW. I think it was. I never take a break from WoW, Ian. Well, you never take a break from WoW, but you were. He's you hit playing a... it right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> you hit... There was a slow period in the content. Yeah, as and... as with uh, as with WoW and its history, there are ebbs and flows of <laughs> right. of what's going on. And at that point, I was a little less invested than uh, I have been at other periods of time. So, um, Ian wanted to show me this other MMO, and uh, you know, I was I was uh, I was game for that. So it was, and, and we dragged John along somehow. I honestly don't know how i convinced either of you to come and play this game with me i think it's we're on the uh we're coming down from playing borderlands oh yeah which is a game that i can no longer boot up i can't start borderlands 2 without like immediately going what am i doing and then closing (laughs) it because i played that game with you guys so much to death you say yep well you know borderlands 3 full playthrough before it comes out let's do it so uh, I convinced you guys to play, and we played for, I don't know, like a month, month and a half before. Yeah, we probably got probably about 80 hours into the game, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Somewhere on there. You know, it was a good time. Okay, but... so the first time I log in, super fun, uh, I created a character. I was able to create the fattest character that I could. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, just the ugliest guy that I could make. Still a lot of fun. <laughs> 
Um, I picked some try-hard name because that's what I do in an MMO. <laughs> um, and then I booted up into the game, and the first person I saw is a guy named Ian Dash Kistler. <laughs> and I thought, Ian, you can't name yourself your own name in a video game. But in fact, it wasn't Ian at all. It was John as the character Ian Dash Kistler. I had named my character something ridiculous and goofy as a joke, too. Mm -hmm. And you're just going, Ian, you can't name yourself that. And, like, super, like, super busting up about it. And I'm just sitting there going... I don't see your character, and also, like... You weren't even in the game yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't see your character, and I, I don't, like... I haven't even, like, named myself. Like, I, I I don't... It's not that funny? Like, what what are you laughing at? And then, John, you were silent. This is <laughs> he sold it, time. man. <laughs> you didn't make a noise. And I was just like, what are you talking about, Mike? And so, John named his character Ian Kistler. Now, John, why don't you tell me about Ian Dash Kistler? Well, you see, Ian Dash Kistler is an unconventional Jedi. He is all about fame and the ladies. Uh, so, any op- any choices I had in that game when we were doing quests that would um, align themselves with Ian Kistler's goals of fame and ladies. Ian Dash Kistler, thank Dash you very Kistler. much. Yeah, well, I can't have spaces in my name, so <laughs> Dash. Uh, the Dash is actually short for Rainbow Dash, the sporty spice of ponies. Uh, Try to argue that that's not true. Um, I, I, I will tell you Dark Forces is a better game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I remember the first mission we had was with some, some Twi'lek. I don't remember what the mission was, but... If you did things right, you slept with her, like in a cut, like in an off scene. And I remember Ian like telling me that that's not a thing you can do because knowing Ian, that's not even an option that he would even try to go for. <laughs> but Ian Dash Kistler is all about that. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got to play. Ian got to play with himself. 60, with himself, yeah. I got to play sixty Star Wars. <laughs> 60 to 80 hours of an MMO watching John drag my name through the mud. (laughs) Through the mud? More like through fame. fame And he would, he'd always, like, you know, I'd play the character like I play a character, you know? Usually a goody two-shoes, you know, light side or whatever. Uh, And John would just go out of his way to pick the, like, the least me... (laughs) Like, dialogue options. And when you're in that game in a group, there's a roll-off to see who answers the questions. And I don't know why, but, like, the RNG would never let me win. It was always John (laughs) saying something ridiculous. And I'm, like, trying to navigate, you know, like... Because in that game, there are encounters you can avoid completely if you choose, like, the right options. And I was the veteran player. I'm like, all right, we can not engage these guys at all. And then John would take Ian Dash Kistler and be like, I'll fight all of you. And then it's just so that was that was crazy. I did really like the aspect that you could you had choices in the game, like Mm -hmm. um, just coming from WoW and going into Star Wars. There's a lot of differences, obviously. uh, But the one thing that really stuck out to me when um, we when I was we were going through the game was that there was choice. And WoW, it's just like you talk to a guy, you read a paragraph about how you need to kill 12 boars and go back to him (laughs) after you do. And then you get a little bit of experience. It's that for 120 levels right now. Right. Um, But in... 
in SWOTOR, you got to, it was basically a choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to figure out what you wanted to do and how you did it. Like my favorite was our second playthrough when we played, it was us three and then Katie as well. Mm-hmm. And we played as, you know, as the empire. Oh, I think Danny was with us there. Danny. Yeah. That's right. I hadn't, I hadn't met Katie. That's yet. right. It was yeah, someone our friend, else. Our friend Danny. And we were playing as the empire and I went completely the different way than all three of you did. Oh yeah. And it was so much fun when I won the role and everybody would be mad at me about the choice <laughs> that I made because I was a person of the people and not the empire. It was so weird. He was playing like a Sith sorcerer who was mm-hmm. just like, no, I'm not going to take that path. Mm-hmm. And it, you were that I was going full dark John was going kind of full dark, and then I remember Danny, she was playing an assassin, I think, uh, an agent, and she would just, like, switch on a dime, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it makes her, and that's one of the reasons why I think that's a really fun game to play with friends, is that it helps that group dynamic, like... Yeah, like, you wouldn't have ever seen a lot of the things that you saw in our playthrough, because you never would have chosen right. some of the things that we did. Right. Um, which gives it a huge amount of replayability compared to another MMO that I usually play. <laughs> um, no, no names. If Yeah, if I can just rant a little bit about the differences between WoW please, and, please and do. SWOTOR. Yeah, I'll um, edit it out. <laughs> please do. If I ramble too much about MMOs. It'll be an EBM. Um, but the other thing that I really liked about... Swotor compared to WoW is like you said earlier, they made a huge emphasis on leveling as opposed to in WoW. In WoW right now, you get to max level and then the game starts. And that's a huge slog for a new player. And I would hate to be a new player in WoW right now and try to get through that. Um, luckily, I fell in love with the game at like level four after I saw one of the opening kind of visuals and so mm-hmm. it, it made it a lot easier than somebody else that's new that doesn't see that and kind of fall in love with what's going on around them uh but in swotor um there you know instead of reading the dialogue you get to go through a scene um which gives you a lot more immersion of of what's going on instead of just reading hey here are the 12 boars that you need to kill and then go out and do that i really enjoyed the amount of customization um, in gear and and stuff that you were able to do, like picking the just the color of the lightsaber was really cool. Yeah. In in WoW, you would never you'd see a cool weapon, but you'd trade it away in a couple in a couple levels after you get a new one. So and when you're leveling, particularly. Right. Um. So the level, like I never got to the end game in in that game. Basically, the reason behind it was because I I really did enjoy the game, but I cannot play more than one MMO at a time. Yeah, and WoW is the MMO that I'm going to play, so I had to drop it. Unfortunately, it was a great game, and I really enjoyed it, but it it, it was a casualty of my addiction. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but what I did play, I thoroughly enjoyed, it, and I really did think the leveling process was was better than what World of Warcraft has right now. Yeah. Which is a huge because World of Warcraft is the MMO. Yeah, one of the things in that game that to, to bounce off of that that I really enjoyed is uh and that I figured out too far into my game. Because I, I take I take forever to learn game mechanics. It's it's a it's a problem. I'm very slow when it comes to that. Once you got gear that you like liked the look of, especially if it's like market gear 
the way you level up that gear is not by trading in your gear for better gear. It's by actually upgrading the components of that gear. So, like, if I have a piece of armor, a set of armor that I really liked that I got off the market for, like, you know, 20,000 credits, poultry change, I could wear that all the way through my playthrough if I wanted to because of I'm upgrading the gear slots. I'm not upgrading the armor piece itself. So that that sort of sense of ownership, like uh, I, somebody tweeted out recently, like, what's your favorite Star Wars weapon or gun? Like, what's your favorite blaster? And my response to that was the gun that I used on my main character in SWOTOR. Not because, you know, there's anything particularly amazing about it, but just because it looked cool. I decided, hey, that's my character's gun and that gun like went with me throughout the whole game it felt like my gun so yeah the customization was great and just some of the classes were a lot of fun too like our second playthrough i got to heal with lightning that was (laughs) that was literally one of my favorite mmo experiences uh, with the amount of time that i've spent in mmos just like the ability to do that was so much fun and just like being able to do group content with with that, you know, that kind of play style was, it's just, it was a really good game. Like I said, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of it, but, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun for what the time that I had in it. Yeah. The story did get kind of wonky as, as I think all, uh, MMOs tend to do. I I have, I have a, I have a pet peeve about the, uh, the faction merge and faction split, uh, sort of mentality. And that Star Wars was a casualty of that, where they had the the faction merge. And then I remember I played through the faction merge story. It was like a significant chunk. It's like a third of the game now, mm-hmm. uh, where you fight against this uh, this third faction that comes in, you know, for the good of the galaxy. And then the the way that ends up fracturing is the dumbest thing. <laughs> like it's it's done in like a five minute dialogue choice. Like it's so dumb. And so, eh, and I'm particular about my star Wars stories. So, sure. uh, it kind of, that, that, the uh, once, once I got farther down, uh, in, in that content hole, I don't know, maybe it's gotten better. I haven't been on in months, actually probably about a year at this point, but who knows, John, any, uh, any, anything you want to say about, uh, Swotor before we move on to the next thing? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> now, did you ever play Galaxies, the the precursor? Uh, I did not. I was not uh, super into Star Wars when that was out. I had friends in high school that played it, and I remember. I remember when they did the whole rebalancing thing that pretty much seemed to have killed the the game. Yeah. I had a friend that uh, was training to be a Jedi, and then they did the. Uh, everyone's a Jedi now update and he just he immediately dropped it went back to playing EverQuest <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, for for those who might not know Star Wars Galaxies was the the first Star Wars MMO and it had a big emphasis on non force using like classes and in order to become a force user I'm not even sure they were in the game in the beginning and then, um, in order to become one, there was just this an immense amount of stuff you had to do 
like really hard like you if you set out to be a jedi or a force user in that game you were top tier player like trying to go through this system and just the amount of stuff you had to do was amazing and then they patched the game so people could play jedi a lot easier and the training wheels off yeah and put them on put them on yeah and then everybody was upset now i came in after that patch and i was also like 14 so i didn't know or care uh and i played it for a little while i remember i played a bounty hunter uh who ended up joining an imperial guild and they the guild was like really really cool i joined it because my buddy was in it and they were just like oh yeah no uh, so here's your uniform it's like it's a full set of scout trooper armor all right cool and then the the two things that stood out to me in that game were the career options like the career system in that game was really extensive like i knew players who they were cantina dancers and that's how they made their money and they had millions of credits because they were that you know they were cantina dancers like, <laughs> it's crazy people who did hunting and gathering and, and then the other thing that i really liked about that system was the home building system like you could just plop your house down somewhere in the map and it would be there there were entire compounds and colonies of player homes out in the middle of the Tatooine desert that's fun yeah this was also the very first MMO where I uh, I fell to the pay three dollars get you know 10 million credits mm-hmm. sort of thing and there was a lot of hawkery about you know good old microtransactions yeah but I mean back then they weren't microtransactions they were you were paying some guy on the internet who you don't know right to hopefully show up and deliver onto your character yeah, that third party credit gold website those yeah. those are sketch it's super sketch dude and I, uh, yeah and i didn't know what i was doing as a kid i was just like i want to be cool so i wasted a lot of money on that but yeah people were mad at that mmo and then i don't know why they closed down but they closed down i guess their user base went away or something uh let's wow see came out. Wow came out. Yeah, there you go. A couple of the games I got here on the list. Uh, the Battlefront series. Um, John, did you play Battlefront 2? I, I never played the older ones. At least I don't remember playing the older ones. Uh, I was I, I never have really been into Shooters. online multiplayers. Oh, the okay, exception yeah. of um, the Battlefield games. And then when I discovered that you could download mods with bots and I didn't have to deal with people, then that's what I did. I have Battlefront 2 on my PS4. The new one, yeah. Yeah. It's visually fun to play and there are bots, but because it's a lot of the content's locked behind the PlayStation Network paywall, mm-hmm. I, I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Mike, did you ever play uh, the the PS2 era ones or? No, I didn't. I didn't play either of the the Battlefront games. I was interested in two, but I was only interested in watching streamers play it, mm-hmm. and I was only interested to see how much hate that game got because of EA's business practices within the game. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the extent of my desire to play either of those games was. I just wanted to see the world burn because of EA. Fair enough. <laughs> I I played both Battlefront 2 games. I did not play either of the Battlefront 1 games, which is kind of weird. Um, I remember I got Battlefront 2 for the PS2. I never played online. 
Uh, I just did the the campaign and the bots um, and had a great time with it. Now, the new Battlefront 2, I got specifically because they said it's got a canon story. And I told you that was a mistake. I, I know. I told you. I know. And I got it. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? And I played through the story, yep. which I very much enjoyed. And then I went to the multiplayer thing. And yes, EA's screwy business practices were kind of a barrier to play there. Just because people were running around day one with absurd power and locking all the heroes behind incredible credit paywalls. Mm. I know now, it has gotten better since then. Yeah, I have actually been playing a lot since then. Right. Uh, I went back to the game and I played a couple multiplayer rounds and I was like, I'm bad at this. But I felt like I was, instead of feeling like I was bad because the other players were awesome, I felt like I'm bad. I need to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And now I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty center. You're, you're passable. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm routinely center of the rankings. Right, that's good. And that's about where I want to be. I'd be happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm high to center of the rankings. Uh, and I, you know, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I enjoy the heroes versus villain stuff. They just released, uh, Obi-Wan. So I'm trying to get Obi-Wan up really high and make him my prime character. Dooku's coming out this month. They released a whole bunch of clone skins. Geonosis is a a whole new planet that landed. So there's a lot of, now that they've moved beyond the electronic arts insidiousness, they've started pumping out content for the game and it's it's been fun like i don't play it i probably boot it up once a week and play for a couple hours i slowly picked it up because i got it at gamestop for like 15 bucks or something used yeah and 15 bucks seemed like good enough for just to play the single player which i enjoyed so much that i have an inferno squadron helmet in my room yeah, the the single player story was cool. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And I also enjoy that it's Remember single player games? Yeah, oh, god. No. <laughs> What's that? Uh The Force Unleashed series. Never played it. No, I take that back. I got to the part where you tried to pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky and then I couldn't do it and then I was like, Alright, I'm done. Fair and enough. I just never went back. I really enjoyed that series. The first time I played it, it was on the Wii. Okay. For all of the Wii's problems flailing around and lifting and pushing people off with those controls was super fun i really enjoyed it and then there was also like that was how i dealt with most encounters am i over a chasm yes are there people yes pick up throw off pick up throw off pick up throw off lightsaber until my force recharges pick up throw off now what was really weird is that i played that game and i i swear there are levels in the Wii version that are not in the PlayStation version. Because I went back and I played them for PS3, back when I had a working PS3, and I was like, where's the one fight that you do in this area? And I could not remember. Like, I'm like, no, I've seen this other fight. So, I don't know. All right. Gentlemen, anything to add uh, before I get into viewer comments here? Uh, Currently, my favorite Star Wars video game that I don't play because I refuse to buy the technology behind it. Angry Birds? Is Beat Saber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It is so much fun to watch somebody play that game on just, like, ridiculous songs. <laughs> and it's either, yeah, you got the, the you know, the two blades or the single double blade. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's, like, it's a, basically, if you haven't seen it before, it's basically, like, 
Um, it's like a beat game. It's like, you know, Dance Dance Revolution or whatever, but you're wielding a lightsaber instead. And right. it's a VR game, so you're seeing the things that you have to strike in a certain way on the screen and it's taking you through that process. A lot of fun to watch if you haven't done so before. Um, again, I refuse to invest in any VR technology right now or else I would own that and right. play it a lot because it looks like a ton of fun. <laughs> John, anything else to add at the end? I realized that the entire time that we were doing this podcast talking about video games, I'm sitting here on my tablet playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Okay, uh, yeah. I was wow. about to say, hey, you guys currently play a Star Wars game. If you guys uh, want to talk about it. it. This, <laughs> this has become an addiction because you get like a measly five extra consumables just for playing the game like completing all these quests daily and i don't remember anything about what most of my day is because i'm sitting here mindlessly pressing (laughs) the same buttons over and over again it's it's a fun little collector fighter uh mobile game that if you have patience you can really you can enjoy it without falling victim to the microtransaction yeah, it's uh, a it's a great little team building not team building but team based combat game and yeah. pulls from all all the uh, the Star Wars medias yeah at the moment i believe you can have a team that is four chewbaccas and one zalbar yes so if you want an all wookiee team that's my goal to what they have <laughs> but if for whatever reason you want to join our guild of all four people uh which is me and our buddy Eric and uh, our buddy Eric on a different device. Uh, <laughs> look us up in the guild in the the guild search. Uh, we are call ourselves General Grievances because that was the name of this podcast before we realized someone else had already done that and then hadn't actually done anything with their name. We might be able to change the guild name. I we... am trying to, and it is not possible. Okay. I mean, we could just start a new guild and just not tell Eric. No, we should tell Eric. I don't know. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Gen Grievances on Galaxy of Heroes. There's four of us. So if you want to do guild events, we're going to need a lot of you. Yeah, we're going to need all of you. <laughs> Ter- right now territory takes... Wars require 50 people, and we've got four. four three. three. We've got three and a quarter. Yeah, he's not on his other account, like <laughs> ever. It takes us. It takes us about two weeks to do a guild raid at a certain, above yeah, a certain at a, level. Yeah, at a six star level, it yeah. takes about two weeks to do the Grievous tank. Yeah, join join the join the, the group so that I can get General Obi-Wan shards, because I want him. But or or ask to, ask to be invited with that goal, and then I'll just won't so that Ian will be sad, and that makes me happy. John just likes to see me hurt, and I don't know why. I thought we were friends. That's what friends do. No, that's incorrect. The the one other thing I want to add to the end is, you know, we live in Southern California. I really want to go up to uh, downtown Disney and do the Secrets of the Empire VR. Yeah. That sounds rad. I think we three should do, like, set up a, a day to, like, go up and do that. Absolutely. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, it should be a fun game. Uh, fun thing to do. I've heard great things about it, so... Uh, so, we had actually a lot of comments today uh, when I put out to you all that we are going to be doing this episode. Mm-hmm. So here goes. I'm just going to start reading these off, and then maybe I'll pause in between for commentary if you guys want. So uh, Richard says, Heroes versus villains when it doesn't suck. 
uh, he's referring to the heroes versus villains mode in Battlefront 2. And uh, I know exactly what he means. And yes, sometimes you get in there and you just get stepped on. Other times you don't. Ryan says, can't go without mentioning Galactic... Uh, sorry. Ryan says, can't go without mentioning Republic Commando. Which is true enough. Can't go without mentioning that brown and green and also more brown. But is there any green? I think there's a little bit of green. A little bit of green? Okay. Next to the brown. Oh, yeah, emphasis on the brown. <laughs> Definitely emphasis on the brown. Roommate Mike, he commented before we were like, hey, why don't hey, you... I invited myself yeah, on this what... podcast. I'm just going to say that out loud. <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, I could be playing WoW right now, but let me throw this out there. I could avoid WoW by talking <laughs> about Star Wars video games. So I invited myself. And I today. was like, yeah, sure, dude, whenever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, friend of show Tim, friend I'm, of the show Tim says the only Star Wars game which exists, Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, too soon. And then he said he was kidding. Uh, the X-Wing versus TIE and Rogue Squadron series. Um, Kai says he enjoyed the Lego series for just a nice summary of the oh, movies. Good call. Good yeah, call. we should have talked about the Lego yeah. series, absolutely. With a little comedic twist to it. Uh, favorite Saber Simulator is definitely Jedi Academy slash Outcast. Shooter-wise, going to have to go with Commando. Gave an interesting perspective of what elite forces in Star Wars universe act and play out, especially when they're clones. Strat-wise, Empire at War forces of corruption just for the mods and the fact that we can annihilate the galaxy with the Death Star. Narrative-wise, tough, but then again, there hasn't been much narrative-driven Star Wars games other than KOTOR, so I guess it'll have to be KOTOR 1. Worst game, though, is without a doubt the Obi-Wan game. (laughs) <laughs> I oh, don't... How do you feel about that? Well, here's the thing. Like, I thought that would make me sad, but I didn't know it existed. So there you go. Now you got to play it. So right? I, I want to touch on Empire at War real quick. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm a I'm a huge RTS fan, and most of the RTSs that seem to come out now are more like small squad based RTSs and not the base building RTSs that I love so very much. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Command and Conquer, so that's that's the one now. I like. Don't. Sad. You're welcome. Don't play Diablo three. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, but I, I agree with Kai. One of the greatest things about that game, um, besides the fact that it is not um, Star Wars Battlegrounds, which was just a Age of Empires um, reskin. I forgot the name of the game, and I just said it out loud. My brain hurts. Galaxy of War. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Empire at War. Empire at War. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> First try. Uh, he's right. The, the mods are awesome. There's so many cool mods out there that allow you to increase your uh, unit capacity and with ships from all over the universe. Uh, one of my favorite mods is um, uh, replaces all the, the Galactic Civil War ships with Clone Wars era ships. And that's a whole heck of a lot of fun. Uh, and then there's other dumb mods like the Star Trek original series mod. So if you Need to go fight some Romulans that are in there. Uh, the one I find myself playing the most is the Battlestar Galactica mod. Because who doesn't like to send Battlestars at base stars besides Ian? He's... I like... Look, you introduced <laughs> me to the series. I'm enjoying it. It's, so, a, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, fun it's a lot of fun and it, 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 it's, not, it's not super difficult. It's pretty intuitive to pick up. I only play the space battles because that's where all the cool stuff be. 
Sure. Um, but it's it's really it's a really easy game to pick up and uh, put on when you just need twenty to thirty minutes of something to keep you occupied. Sure. I'm not really an RTS guy, but if it's as you know not complicated as you say, I might have to check it out. Yeah. Did either of you ever play any of the Lego games? I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Lego games. I played. I mostly played uh, the Harry Potter series for Legos, okay. but it, it's based, you know, with with the Lego games, it's basically just like hit as many things on the screen as you can in order to make them explode into bits, and then just kind of walk through the rest of the story. <laughs> um, that's the generic playthrough of every Lego game that's out there. Yeah, um, I played through yeah uh, a bunch of them, but yeah the the Star Wars ones were a lot of fun and just kind of took you through just kind of the basics of the storyline and you know that's what I love as as somebody that's not crazy into Star Wars but just you know want to you know dip my toe into Star Wars fandom every once in a while and so yeah it's just it's it's a lot of just like mindless fun with the Lego games and so it's a lot of it's it's I good played stuff. A, a lot of the Phantom Menace one and the thing I really enjoyed about it was how if I remember right, there wasn't any like actual dialogue. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yes, it, they, there they, isn't ever any dialogue. They figured in out Lego a way games. to communicate the story without having to use words, which makes <laughs> it universally appealing to anybody. Like anybody can pick this up and figure out what's going on. Right. If you want to do more than just make things explode into smaller bricks, sure. Accio cool. bricks. Yeah, I don't think I ever played any of them, so that's that's good to know. They're like the, the the Lego Freemaker Adventure Show. It is just it's dumb, but fun. but it's a lot it's of fun. It's so entertaining. Nice. Yes, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I like the Freemaker Adventures. I didn't mean to say you were dumb. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, that, that, but it's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Like I do enjoy the Freemaker Adventures. Um, all right. So going on, we still have a couple comments here. Karth wrote another manifesto. Uh, <laughs> uh, he comes in and he says, So I'd have to say my absolute favorite Star Wars game is the original Battlefront 2 for the PS2 slash Xbox. 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 I just loved everything about it from being able to play as one of the nameless grunts in both uh, the, vari- the variety of ways you could just go about winning a match, whether that be on the ground or in space, as well as its campaign about the Clone Wars from the perspective of the clones of the 501st really stuck struck a chord with me and well it's my personality it's it well it's personally my favorite interpretation of them ever over the clone wars uh that's an interesting take that's pretty cool not something that we hear every day uh he says honestly my favorite game for being a jedi had to be the movie tie-in uh star wars revenge of the sith i just really love being able to play as obi-wan or anakin throughout the events of the third movie, and be part of the more iconic scenes, though luckily no youngling killing. Yes, thank you. Uh, Whatever. Also, <laughs> also, while not exactly the most accurate depictions of saber duels, the boss fights that had you square up against other Jedi, both within the actual movie and from the expanded universe, felt like a lot. Uh, felt a lot like how a battle would go with the amount of blocking, saber locks, and counters you could pull off. Also, quote unquote multiplayer was awesome how you could play as any of the characters you unlocked and make them fight against one another. Trouncing Grievous as Ben Kenobi was strangely satisfying to me as a kid. Sweet. Very nice. 
Uh, yeah, I never played the the direct to, um, you know, the movie versions of the games. So uh, that's that's good to know that they're quality. And his third and last favorite has to be the KOTOR games. Now, besides my initial grievances against the first game, when I first discovered that I had pretty much wasted so many feats by choosing to have been a gunslinger when you become a Jedi, and now I really appreciate the narrative and the twists and turns it took even with the second game and its somewhat convoluted plot at times. Yeah, I agree on that. I think the biggest thing that got me was how much freedom you had to play however you wanted because I do remember how much I was able to get through two games with only ever persuading people and never getting into fights, which honestly is pretty impressive as well. It's because of KOTOR that I became interested in RPGs and learning more about the Star Wars universe. That's super cool. I know, you know, you're not the first person to say that I've heard from saying that KOTOR was something that wanted to get them deeper into Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a trigger for me too. So um, that's that's a really good point. Uh, two more comments here. Uh, Elstaria says, Knights of the Old Republic, it's a Bioware classic. I agree. And the Nerd Herder cast says, Still has to be the Force Unleashed. Uh, and while we have you, Nerd Herder cast, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give them a podcast shout-out. Uh, they're a husband and wife podcasting team. I listened to a couple of their things earlier today, and uh, it's quality stuff and very fun to listen to. Uh, they bounce off each other very well, so go ahead and check them out if you're interested. They're uh, at NRDHerderCast at on Twitter, so it's at nerd without the E, N-R-D-H-E-R-D-E-R-C-A-S-T. So, uh, yeah, I think that just about does it, gentlemen. What do you think? Good stuff. I just want to send an honorable mention out to Jedi Power Battles on the Dreamcast, and uh, only on the Dreamcast. All other iterations of Jedi Power Battles are trash tier video games. But Dark Forces is better. Well, yeah, 100%. Because it's, <laughs> first of all, PC Master Race. Um, so, that's all. You can't just say, firstly, and then not have a second point. Dark Forces is a better game. Oh, that's your second point. Okay. We got there. Oh, oh boy. Also, shout uh, out to Dreamcast. Respect. <laughs> Whew. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Are there any video games that we missed out on or ones that we didn't say we played but we should play? Let us know. Give us a shout uh, by tweeting at us at HothPod or sending us an email, HothPod at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and find us and more episodes of the podcast and other content on our website, HothTopicsPodcast.com. I've been Ian. I got to get like 10 more shards so that I can unlock Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's been John. Mike's here as well. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next time.